things, not just the venue, but we're actually running... Well, it would, it would be great, um, I reckon, at some point this afternoon to just find a coffee or somewhere quiet and just read through Jonah. Uh, that would be as good as anything I'm about to say. Um, read through it for yourself and actually reflect on... Uh, and this might not be usual in your church circles. How is it making you feel? How are you feeling about what you're reading about Jonah? Because uh, I think Jonah is there to kind of push and uh, shape how we feel about things. Uh, but a Kiwi, a, a Kiwi was um, riding on a train in Europe when they were backpacking in Europe on their OE when that was a thing we used to do. Uh, and this Kiwi got talking to the person in the carriage opposite to them. Uh, and as the conversation went on, they worked out that this person was from the country of Wales. The Kiwi, misunderstanding what they said, said, Oh, you're from Wales. Do you know a bloke named Jonah? I hear he spent some time in Wales. <laughs> Maybe you'll be glad I'm going on Wednesday. <laughs> um, misunderstandings, right? The book of Jonah is plagued with misunderstandings. Have you ever read a children's Bible? I've only read one children's Bible that really nails the book of Jonah. It's the saddest children's Bible I've ever seen. Um, but the book of Jonah is plagued with misunderstandings. And so we need to read it carefully. Uh, otherwise, we'll miss the really big question that God asks us in the book of Jonah. Uh, I've got 10 minutes, we're going to do this overview, and I'm going to just look at the misunderstandings of Jonah, and, and through that, we'll paint a bit of a picture of the book. Uh, the first misunderstanding is often what the book contains. Uh, see, Jonah is a prophet. Uh, the book of Jonah is among the minor prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, but unlike the other prophetic books, which are kind of collections of God's Word spoken to the prophet to be given to God's people... Uh, the book of Jonah doesn't focus on the words of God spoken to the all, really. It's, it's the story of a prophet. It's the story of the prophet Jonah. Uh, and so, for those of you who are doing Strand 2, it's going to pose some interesting questions about genre. What genre is Jonah? How do we read this book? What sort of literature are we dealing with? Uh, overall, the, the book of Jonah is like a narrative, right? It's a story. Uh, it's a story that's kind of really carefully crafted. It's got lots of irony and satire. It doesn't seem a lot like biblical prophecy. Uh, but for those of you doing Strand 2, it's complicated a little bit more again, because chapter 2, which you'll be looking at, uh, it's the prayer that Jonah prays to God, this prayer of thanksgiving from the belly of a fish. Uh, and this prayer, it's actually much like a psalm, a psalm of thanksgiving, it's poetry, it's got lots of imagery and it's got lots of repetition. And so for those of you doing Strand 2, you're going to be looking at a psalm wrapped up in this kind of satirical narrative in the prophetic books of the Old Testament. So good luck with genre. Uh, it's a heavily stylized narrative. It, uh, Jonah's not like Luke's gospel where he's kind of sat down to give an orderly account. It's, it's, it's a stylized story. And, and what I mean by that is that the Jonah story is told in a very deliberate way, with, some call it satire, uh, and it's trying to teach the audience a theological lesson. It's not so much worried about the facts and, and whether it's possible for someone to survive in the belly of a fish or anything, it's not fussed about that, it's trying to teach you a lesson, it's trying to move your emotions, it's trying to ask you a really big question. And it does this by using this really simple structure. Uh, it divides into two parts. You've just got to flip open the book of Jonah and you can see it's, it's just there. Uh, you've got two rounds. You've got chapters 1 to 2 and you've got chapters 3 to 4. And each round begins with the word of the Lord coming to the prophet, uh, telling him to go to the great city of Nineveh. And in part 1, chapters 1 to 2, uh, Jonah famously disobeys God and he flees to Tarshish. Uh, in part 2, chapters 3 to 4, it's a rerun of the, of the first half. 
Uh, it's, it's kind of take two. Let's try that again, Jonah. Uh, this time he, he obeys God and he heads off to Nineveh. And each part, part one and part two, there's, there's pairings between them. There's symmetry between them. Uh, so chapters one and three, uh, they're all about Jonah's encounters with non-Israelites, uh, people who are not part of the people of God, the pagan sailors in chapter one and the wicked city of Nineveh in chapter three. And there's a contrast that takes place in those chapters, chapters one, there's a contrast that takes place between Jonah, the prophet, and his selfishness and his disobedience, uh, contrasted with the pagans and their humility and repentance. And then in chapters two and four, the second half of each part, uh, there is, uh, they're all about Jonah's encounter with God. Uh, the first encounter with God through that psalm in the belly of uh, the fish in chapter two, uh, and then in chapter 4, where Jonah is kind of camped out on the edge of Nineveh, uh, waiting for God to destroy the city, and then, God com- uh, then Jonah complains to God that God is too compassionate. And so, with each of these contrasts that take place in these different parts, there's this, there's this constant subversion that's going on in the book of Jonah. Uh, all the characters we meet in the book of Jonah, they do almost exactly the opposite to what we would expect them to do. Uh, we've got Jonah the prophet, but rather than being a man of God, he disobeys God and he runs from God and he complains to God. Uh, If anyone spent any amount of time with a small child, you'll recognize Jonah's behavior. Uh, He literally chucks a tantrum when he doesn't get what he wants. He literally runs away and sticks his fingers in his ears. Uh, But he is the prophet. He is the man of God in this story. And so he is subverting the idea and it causes us to think what it is to be a person of God. Is it just to be to someone who wears the label or does the job or who has a heart like God's heart for the lost? Uh, then we've also got the sailors. They, they do the exact opposite of what we, we think they would do. They, the sailors, you know, the, the sailors back then were like sailors these days. They were notorious, immoral, they were uh, pagans. Uh, but these sailors, they end up fearing and worshipping God. We've got the king of Nineveh. He's supposed to be the leader of the most violent nation that's opposed to God and his people. Well, he gets down in the dust and repents in sackcloth and ashes. He calls on God's mercy. All these people are behaving unexpectedly. And even God behaves a little bit unexpectedly as well. Well, at least he's unex- he behaves unexpectedly for, for those who would have originally read this book. He doesn't behave the way they would have wanted him to behave. In the opening words of Jonah, we hear this. As God speaks to his prophet, he says, Go to Nineveh uh, and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And and we're thinking, Nineveh's going to get it. It's going to be Sodom and Gomorrah again. It's going to be smoked. But then something really unexpected happens. And I think this is where the second big misunderstanding of the book of Jonah comes in. Uh, We often misunderstand what the book of Jonah is actually all about. Now, despite everything you've seen in a children's Bible, it's not really about Jonah and nor is it about the whale. Jonah is the main character, it does follow his movements, but it's not about him and the big fish, well, that's a bit of a red herring, pun intended. Uh, It's a distraction. Uh, There's lots of big things in the book of Jonah that can distract us. There's there's the big storm and there's the big fish in the city. There's big disobedience by the prophet, big repentance by the wicked city of Nineveh, but the whole book is about a big God. You see, in the book of Jonah, we get a clear picture about who God is. It's teaching us a theological lesson about who God is and what He is like. 
You see, in Jonah, we see clearly God's sovereignty, that He is the sovereign Lord. The the God of the Bible is the sovereign Lord who rules rules over all of the earth. Back at a time where they thought that God's just occupied one little sphere of life or one little sphere of geography, this is This is no kind of domestic deity we're dealing with, but chapter 1 verse 9 says, He's the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. The other thing we learn about God is that He's a God of judgment and justice. Uh, Sure, uh, God forgives uh, the wicked city of Nineveh, but He wasn't happy to let their sin continue. But nor is He happy to tolerate the disobedience of His people, the prophet Jonah. We see a God who isn't aloof, who isn't unmoved by our human wickedness, but He's willing to step in and act decisively to do something about it. We see a God of judgment and justice. We also see a God of mercy and grace. Despite their wickedness, both Jonah and the city of Nineveh, they are spared the destruction that they deserve. God sends a rescuer, someone who comes to save them. For Jonah, it's it's kind of quirkily in the form of a fish, Uh, But for the city of Nineveh, it's this prophet who comes and and warns them of the judgment to come. And God shows both Jonah and the city mercy and grace that isn't deserved. And so, most importantly, what we see in Jonah is we see uh, God's big heart. We see a God who is willing to forgive, a God who is full of compassion, a God who gives second chances, a God who's willing to love His enemies... You see, the book of Jonah, it's all about a God who saves, which is not a bad name for a conference, Um, a God whose mercy and whose grace is inescapable. And and the book of Jonah, it kind of leaves us with a big question. It ends uh, with this question in Jonah chapter 4. It says, uh, God speaking to uh, the prophet Jonah as he's just had a massive tantrum about God being gracious to the city, and God asks Jonah, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? And it really ends that question, it really, it's posing us the question. It's, God is asking us, are you okay if I show love and mercy and grace to your enemies? Are you okay if I show kindness to people who are not like you? Or are you going to be like Jonah? You're going to accept God's love and salvation and favor for yourself and resent it going to those that you don't like? Or are you going to be like the sailors and like the city of Nineveh, honest about your need for mercy and grace, calling on the sovereign God who is full of compassion to save you? Now, it's a great book. It's going to be a fun week. It's got a real quirky sense of humor, which I I really love. Um, But it's going to be challenging to hear God speak uh, and have our hearts examined by His powerful Word as we look at the book of Jonah. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. And so, I'll hand back over to Mark. 